Best of Trade today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. Until we develop a vaccine for COVID-19, living with the virus will mean a lot of government testing, tracing, and tracking. Local and state governments are doing what they can to quickly ramp up contact tracing efforts in order to have a shot at containing the virus and getting it under some level of control. But are we anywhere close to where we need to be here in Michigan or in the city of Detroit? My next guest has been taking a close look at those efforts for Cranes Detroit Business. Annalise Frank wrote a piece in the latest edition titled Readying for a Surge, Detroit COVID-19 Contact Tracing, Not Yet Where We Need to Be. Annalise Frank, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's start with this. Uh, I'm not sure everybody really understands what contact tracing is or how critical it is to the idea of containing the virus. Uh, give us a quick explainer. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so contact tracing, I mean, it's been, it's been used for a while to, to contain other things, you know, Ebola, other viruses, you know, for a long time. But um, so, so contact tracing itself is, is made up of two parts. It's a, you know, it's a disease control strategy. Um, the first part is uh, case investigation, which is, which is uh, basically kind of like it's sleuthing, you know, so a public health professional calls you after you've tested positive for the coronavirus um, and um, asks you, you know, about about symptoms, about where you've been, about who you've been in contact with. And, you know, this this requires both, you know, medical know-how on the part of the case investigator, you know, about symptoms and disease spread, as well as sort of the intuition to, to get people to recall, you know, maybe where they might have been, who they might have been in contact with. Um, and that's obviously important because, um, you know, the more people you've been in contact with, the more the more spread might have occurred, um, you know, even if you weren't showing symptoms. And and so once this case investigator gets a picture of that, um, then, and, and, you know, p- part of their investigation is getting a list of, you know, people you've been in close contact with, which mm-hmm. basically means anyone who is within six feet of you for at least, you know, 10 to 15 minutes um, while you've been infectious. So, so, so they get those contacts, they pass them on to a contact tracer, which can be, you know, either a volunteer. Um, the state has a lot of volunteers right now. They have about 400 volunteers working on this. Um, and those contact tracers will then call up people who had close contact with, you know, the individual who tested positive and, um, they'll inform them, you know, this might be this person's first contact with somebody and in, in learning that they might have uh, COVID-19. So they'll inform them and, and basically try to convince them to quarantine and to take certain steps. Yeah. So so it's this two-part process. It's kind of like drawing a map, right, of, of right. Uh, possible spread uh, of the virus in, in order to, to go to the different points on the map and say to people, you may have been exposed you need to take two weeks or so in quarantine so that you don't spread it to, to other people. So let's talk about what those efforts look like on the state level here in Michigan. Where, where are we? Yeah, yep. So the, the state has um, at least partially trained uh, more than 3,000 volunteers to do contact tracing. Um, case investigators are, 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 are more, you know, highly trained, um, but in terms of contact tracers specifically, who will be the people who reach out to this, you know, even like you said, a, sort of a web, um, of, of contacts mm. as, as the case is spread, 
Um, so, so basically, the the state will 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 mostly do contact tracing. The the, the case investigation is is more done by local governments, um, but but the the state has um, contact tracers who are who are who are calling people to sort of make up for for um, demand for contact tracing in, in in local health departments, such as in Detroit. Um, Detroit has only about three um, contact tracers at the moment. Um, so, so very low number. Hmm. Um, and Detroit's contact tracers are mostly looking at um, high risk areas like uh, nursing homes, hospitals. You know, if you if you might have infected somebody who works at a hospital, it'll be more likely that the Detroit Health Department will be calling you. But if someone you infected and, and you know you guys are Detroit residents, if they are you know don't work in a high risk area, maybe they just you know went to a bar or something, then that'll likely be a state volunteer calling you. Um, and um, so, so, so basically, these, uh, you know, in Detroit, most most contact tracing is being done by the state right now. But, but the the city has said they want to ramp up their their contact tracing efforts. Um, they are they they feel, you know, according to the public health chief Denise Fair, they they feel like right now they're handling all the cases. Um, they are successfully contacting about sixty four percent of of COVID positive residents, but. Um, they don't feel that they're prepared to handle a surge, a second wave. Yeah. So what did you need to do to, to turn that around? How, how do we need to be better prepared for contact tracing here? Yeah, it's, it's really just a numbers game. I mean, the, you know, the, the number of contract tracers you, you need um, can really vary depending on how many people each person is seeing. Right. So, um, at the, you know, if, 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 if there's an average of nine contacts per COVID positive person, then you need all the more contact tracers to, to contact all those people. You know, if it's only three per person, you're going to need less. So basically the, the city and, and the state, you know, by extension, they have to sort of estimate how many contact tracers they're going to need. And it's, it's a numbers game that no one really understands. Um, right. This is, you know, this is something we haven't faced before. So basically, Detroit has requested about $13.5 million from the state for uh, case investigation, contact tracing, and other, you know, the technology there um, for, for this year and next, and they're waiting to hear back. Um, they've told me they don't know how they're going to use that money, but um, as of May, at least, they were looking at different options, including, um, you know, scaling up their own Detroit Health Department staff, and kind of one thing they can do is, is use a, a staffing company that can sort of quickly allow them to boost up scale or scale down depending on the caseload, or they could fully outsource everything to, you know, a private company and, and call center. Um, the state has done a bit of this with a contract with Rock Connection. So there's a lot of different avenues the city can go down. Um, the, but the, you know, the concerted uh, thought is that, you know, they're not, they're not ready for, for a rise right now. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we've been talking about since the pandemic started is, Funding for local health departments and the ways in which that comes up short when something like this happens and you need all kinds of resources that you hadn't even imagined that you needed uh, before. Is the underfunding of, of our health departments one of the problems here with, uh, with getting contact tracing going? Um, it's yeah, it's it's certainly been a, a challenge for for the staffing of of the, the health department in in what I've seen in my reporting. Um, 
they've been relying heavily on on the state. Um, and you know, obviously, they've requested thirteen point five million. They they don't have that yet. They they um, need that money. But um, the the so so basically, you know, Detroit has has had to concentrate on the highest what it sees as the highest risk areas because you know, only so much staff and, and they've had to sort of retrain staffing to, to focus on the coronavirus. Um, so, so, you know, Detroit Health Department has, has focused on nursing homes where there was huge, huge spread of cases, you know, at 1.25% of nursing home residents in Detroit were testing positive. So they've really had to focus in on these, on these areas and, and rely on, on the state for other um, you know, for, for other contact tracing in other areas. So, so um, I, yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined. My guest is Annalise Frank. She's a reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, she wrote a piece in the latest edition of Crane's titled Readying for a Surge, Detroit COVID-19 Contact Tracing, Not Yet Where We Need to Be. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us if you have faith that local governments and the state government are going to be able to adequately test and trace COVID cases and interactions between now and whenever it is that we get to having a vaccine. We especially want to hear from you if you're a public health worker or a volunteer in these efforts to ramp up contact tracing. What are you seeing on the ground? We would also love to hear from you if you're a person who has either been infected by COVID-19 or have been contacted as part of contact tracing efforts. What did that process look like to you? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. Also, give us a call and tell us what you think of the efforts that are being made to keep us all safe while we get to a vaccine. Are we doing the right things uh, by reopening and then upping testing and contact tracing? Or do you think we maybe should be shutting down a little more to get a little better handle on uh, the virus? If you look at what is going on in other states, places like Florida or Texas or Arizona, uh, are you fearful that all the things that we did here in Michigan to stay home and shut down will be for naught because it didn't happen in other states. And now they have surges that look worse than ours. And inevitably, people from those states may show up here and uh, people will, again, maybe get sick. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number uh, on the phones. Uh, Annalise, uh, I want to ask you about the threat of not having contact tracing in place to the extent that we need it to the idea of reopening. If we can't get this going to the extent that we need, uh, does it threaten this reopening? Does it threaten the things that the governor says she wants us to be able to do again uh, if we can't figure that out? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, um, you know, contact tracing is, is mathematically necessary as as we reopen, you know, the the more you're going out to a, a bar, the more people you're seeing, the more contact tracers are going to have to call your contacts. And if they're not able to do that adequately, um, you know, spread continues unabated because uh, as, as we know, often people are asymptomatic, 
So, so it, you know, it's a it's a tracer's job to get a hold of a person and convince them to take the appropriate measures, you know, mask wearing, quarantining, and and you know, to, even to follow up with them for 14 days to track their symptoms. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I mean, we've we've seen this play out recently in Michigan, right? As as we've reopened bars and restaurants, we've had a couple, um, you know, bars like like Harper's in East Lansing. We have seen more than 130 cases linked there. And, and we even had, um, through contact tracing, um, we, through contact tracing, we've had, um, sorry, <laughs> through contact tracing, we've, we've had a link from Harper's to, um, to uh, the Detroit city government. There mm-hmm. was a, a, a member of, of, of the, the city government who tested positive for COVID-19 and had been to, to Harper's and East Lansing. So there are a lot of connections being made even across the state. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a really good example of how it may be working effectively, right? This, uh, this, this bar in East Lansing that now is famous nationwide for the the number of people who are inside it without masks and not distancing, and then the outbreak of of COVID nineteen cases, uh, is it is that a model? I guess the 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 amount of information we know about who was there and where they went and how how people are getting sick. I mean, is that is that a sign that this is working uh, better than than we might have hoped? Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely painting a, a picture, and 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 honestly, I I think it's you know it's unclear right now based on who my colleague um, Dustin Walsh and I talked to. Um, he's done a lot of reporting on this subject. Um, it's unclear if 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 there's enough capacity right now based on our reporting. Um, it it does look like these things are being tracked as you know cases um, become sort of public knowledge and 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 such. Um, but but you know it's it's a numbers game and and um, we'll kind of have to see how this goes as as cases you know have been have been have been rising. Yeah, uh, I mean, it also seems like there's some need to be able to reach across state lines at some point for this contact tracing. I mentioned the surge of cases in some other states. There's no question that uh, you know in this country people move across state borders quite quite fluidly and and is there is there a need for more than just uh, sort of individual state tracing but but tracing that that can cross state lines. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, our reporting didn't didn't go much into the you know reporting or you know case investigation across state lines, but. That's certainly been a conversation nationally. Um, Anthony Fauci has, you know, said recently that basically contact tracing in the U.S. isn't going well. Um, I, it's it's more of a, a locally, you know, local entities are more responsible for it right now. Um, I think there's been some conversation nationally about about national efforts to do this, but um, I I think it's I mean there's I think there's a couple different arguments there. I mean, obviously, a local health department has a lot more context for what might be going on. You know, if somebody's been to a specific bar, there's a lot more local information. But, of course, there's something to be said for a, a larger scale coordinated effort where there's more consistency in how this is being done. I mean, there's, there's a lot of differences in, you know, what questions you can ask, how you can contact someone. For example, the state um, uses texting, but, you know, the city of Detroit, for example, doesn't have the capacity for texting. So, mm. And, you know, there could be more of a um, concerted effort to align strategies like that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Evan in Beverly Hills. We don't have a terrible amount of time left, but I wanted to, to get you in. Evan, what's on your mind? Good morning, Stephen. I understand the privacy concerns about contact tracing apps. However, I know a lot of countries are working on them, and they seem like an efficient way of contact tracing. What's the status of availability if somebody wanted to use download and use a contact tracing app? Hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know about those. Uh, Annalise, what, what, what is this uh, contract, contact tracing app uh, on the Internet? Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, we did not, we did not um, report on on apps. That doesn't seem to be something that's being used widely, at least in, in my reporting in, in Detroit. Um, although I, I know that we've written a bit about uh, um, private apps, um, so so I, I, I I'm sorry, but I honestly can't speak to that as as much mm. as I would like to. Yeah, and but, uh, although it does seem as though the internet would be a, a, a useful tool to try to figure out these kinds of, again, these kinds of connections. And certainly if you wanted to visualize them for people, uh, that would be a really interesting way to do it. So um, maybe we should all look a little more into that. Okay, uh, Annalise Frank, reporter for Crane's Detroit Business. Uh, was really great to have you here to explain this. Thank you for coming by. Thanks so much, Stephen. Okay, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we're going to have a conversation with Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence about police reform. She is someone who has had a lot of ideas about that over a long period of time. So that should be a really fascinating conversation. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.